This is Allison June Smith, and you are listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Sign up at yuckyucks.com to become a VIP member for a chance to win great prizes every month. You'll also receive discounts, special offers, and notifications about special shows before they're announced to the general public. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com and follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What's going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Joining me, I guess. Joining us. Yeah, the listeners, the fellowship. Wow, what a crazy week. I am, <clears throat> I'm just getting over now, I think. Uh, what day is it today? Tuesday? It's Tuesday evening. I'm just now getting uh, kind of like fully recuperating. And, and, and even at that... I'm still I'm still dealing with issues here. Let me backtrack a bit here because I've been telling stories over the last couple of weeks and it's been going really well because I've been getting a lot of people writing in, a lot of people commenting, "Hey, that was a funny, you know, little story." But I'm also cognizant of the fact that the less you hear of me at the beginning on podcasts, I think the better off we are. So I'll try to keep this very short. Uh yes, I, I was told that the golden rule is uh, <clears throat> some actually not the rule, but I was on Twitter this is just a side story uh, uh, to explain this. But I was on Twitter and uh, I see this guy go, hey, uh, you know, it was just like a tweet or whatever. Hey, you know, dear podcast host, do you have to talk? Like, does everybody have to have an intro or can you just get right to the interview? And I started thinking about it and I was like, yeah, I guess he makes a point. Every podcast usually starts off, I mean, like interview wise podcast. I'm not talking about, you know, serial or something. But, you know, it usually starts off with the host you know, kind of bending your ear for a bit, you know, five, 10 minutes, something like that. I try to keep mine short. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not out here trying to, trying to, uh, to be the man, to be the, uh, the center of attention here. I know when I'm the least, least amounted, uh, least amount talented person in the room. Uh, so we will segue to our interview shortly, but before we do, I want to get on the story really quick. I was just out at a show we did out in Pender Harbor, BC. And in case you guys have not heard of this place, it's a beautiful place on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, a little plug there for the Grasshopper Pub. Uh, it's the the uh, <clears throat> Pender Harbor Resort. Uh, it's a beautiful spot. Uh, God's country is, uh, I think, what they say. But uh, yeah, this is. Uh, I went out there again for another fantastic show. We had uh, Yuck Yuck's favorite John Bueller out there with us. We had uh, Steve McGovern. We had Brett Forte. All of them did just absolutely phenomenal. And we sold the show out in about eight, nine days. So just when you get spoiled with comedy, folks, don't forget there's people paying top dollar for this stuff. There's people out there that are that are clamoring to get tickets. I remember on the first show, I actually was sitting there, uh, you know, stringing up some of the equipment and a guy comes in. He says, hey, man, are the, uh, is there any tickets? He looked like kind of a drifter. And the GM goes, uh, uh, no, bro, sorry, we've been sold out for a month straight. He says, yeah, I checked online, man. There's a dude scalping. There was a guy scalping for the comedy show. I was never, like, I was honored that somebody actually scalped for a comedy show. That's the way it's got to be. And that's the way it is in some of these small communities. But anyway, I went out to Pender Harbor. We did a show out there. It was fantastic. I got into the booths. I got into it pretty good. Now, usually when the Jakester here uh, throws down, I can throw down with the best of them. I mean, I'm 42 years old. 
I've been toe to toe with a few people. Uh, I can drink. I can put them away. I don't know if it was the amount of shots that I did. I don't know if because I started off with Jägermeister because I thought I was going to be cool for some reason. I don't know. Uh, I saw an episode of Anthony Bourdain last week where the the guy says, "Oh, I start off every every night with a beer and a Jäger shot," and I was like, "Well, that look he looks badass. He looks pretty cool. I'm going to do that." Yeah, that didn't work out too well. So the last uh, memories I have of this evening was uh, essentially me talking to John and Brett and Steve. We're all at this table with a bunch of people that were just hanging out, partying with us. And everyone's telling stories and just talking, you know, visiting, getting along. And I mumble something about, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to go upstairs. And everyone just kind of was like, yeah, all right, man, you know, take it easy, bro. So I go upstairs and of course I order food because I, I planned, I planned like six hours before, hey, I want to order something before I go to bed so I know I can, you know, have a little snack up at the, uh, at the bedtime hour. So, uh, I ordered some popcorn shrimp, maybe not the best decision, uh, on a, on a drunk stomach, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I mosey on upstairs with a with a bucket of uh, popcorn shrimp and some dip, and I uh, proceed to uh, you know uh, call my girlfriend drunk and completely loaded and blabbed on to her for about five minutes before I said I I gotta go I I gotta go and I went to the bathroom and you know kind enough this is how great the Pender Harbor is they have stools underneath the sink now here's why I say it's great. I'm saying it's great because it could have been for kids. It was a little stool underneath the sink. It could have been for kids or it could have been for little people. And I'm going to go with little people because I just think that's where they're at. I think they're just like, you know what? We care about everybody, you know, kids and little people. So anyway, I pulled the little people stool out from underneath the sink and uh, I sat it right in front of the toilet um, like a high chair. And I just proceeded to vomit for about 45 minutes straight. Now, I know this is kind of a gross story, but bear with me because it gets better. Um, I, I proceed to, to vomit for about 45 minutes straight, uh, all while looking in the mirror periodically telling myself how much of a loser I am, uh, which is even great for self-esteem purposes. Um, yeah, so I threw up for about 45 minutes and... Uh, yeah, I apparently made my way back to bed because the next morning I woke up uh, in my underwear, uh, popcorn shrimp all over the bed. Uh, I don't think I ate any of it. Um, all the lights were on and CNN was on TV just blaring. And I had a text message on my phone. It was from Brett and he's like, hey, it's, uh, you know, it's like 930 giddy up. Are we, are we taking off? What's going on? And I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, what world am I? What happened? I like it was the first time I woke up and it felt like I was Zach Galifianakis from like the hangover where you just wake up and you're just like, what happened last time? Where did the shrimp come from? I had zero. Maybe I was roofied. Yeah. I'm just this. That is just occurring to me right now. I might've been drugged because there was an elderly lady there about 61 years old that was uh, having her breasts signed by the comedians, which is always a fan favorite. That's that's always a great story to tell. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe I was roofied. I have no idea. I'd like to say that I was because I don't 
I haven't thrown up since, yeah, for a long time. Anyway, that's my Pender Harbor story, folks. Uh, kids, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a great show. And we torpedoed back, man. Brett and I put on the mic. I left Pender Harbor. We left about like, I don't know, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning. We waited about an hour for the ferry. We got in the van. We dropped off Bueller. We took a meeting with a couple of comedians. And then we drove. And I mean, I drove. But Brett's a great co-pilot. It was a fun time. Um yeah, it was dynamite. Uh, I, I just, I don't get tired when I drive for some stupid reason. So I drove from Pender Harbor to Calgary in like one day or yeah, it was, yeah, we got in at like, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning and it was blizzarding over the Rockies. Like it was snowing and yeah, poor Brett. Anyway. Uh, okay, folks, uh, today on the show, we have the very funny, the very talented and the very inspiring, especially to me, uh, Sandra Badalini. That's right, folks. Sandra Battellini, a fantastic comedian, and we had the chance to hook up when I was out in Toronto. This is the fourth and final installment of my Toronto podcast. Of course, we had Nigel Grinstead, Rob Bebenek, uh, Anthony Malekas, and now Sandra Battellini. Now, we talk about her how she got into comedy, what the scene was like back then, uh, uh, what she's done since then, and of course, the ever- uh, just inspirational and empowering letter she sent to our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on behalf of the of the comedy community uh, all over Canada and and spoke such eloquent words and and uh, and put you know it, it, she put the pen to paper and it came out fantastic and I really hope this gets across Trudeau's desk I think I'm going to start a hashtag. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to figure this out and, and I'm going to hashtag this and I, I hope everybody hashtags it. Um, and just, we need to get this letter out in front of Justin Trudeau for him to appreciate the work that you guys do out there and uh, all that you guys contribute to the arts. So without further ado, folks, the Miss Sandra Badalini. You know what? I'd say this to a lot of people. It, it's uh, I think there's a certain pers- there's a shift of perspective, uh, and and I would imagine it's it's very similar when a when a player in a game becomes a coach and they have a different line of sight. So when I remove myself from the game, aka United States, and lived in a different country, and I was able to look from the sidelines and look in, and I was like, uh, it was very, it 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 makes you appreciate Canada a hell of a lot. Yeah. And, and I, I, uh, my daughter came up here with me and she's like, I'll never go back. I, it, I just, I love Canada and it's a beautiful country. It's beautiful people. They take care of each other. I mean, on the whole, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, people take care of each other. And, uh, I like the identity we have in the world. Like I, I like the identity Canada has, That's you know? Great. Yeah. It's good to hear. But Hey, enough about me. Yeah. 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 We're here for you. And I, I, I love, I love, I love your your story and I love your your background and, and the whole nine nine the yards. I do a little bit of research, okay. And we're going to touch on some of that, but but sure. for the people that don't know, uh, when did you get involved in comedy? How did how did this all start for you? Um, well, in 1999, I started taking classes at Second City. And what, what like what were you doing before that? Are you, are you from Toronto? Like where? No, where I'm are originally you from? from Sudbury, Sudbury, which is okay. like four hours north of here. It's a mm-hmm. mining town, and. Um, I had completed a master in history, right. master's of history, so I had done that, and then I wanted a creative job, so I came to Toronto to take like a marketing 
you know, diploma course, you know, postgraduate, whatever. Sure. Just to, I don't know, get myself into the workforce, you know, have right. something a little bit more marketable, I thought. Sure. So that's what I was doing. I was working um, as a, I actually, in that job that I was working at this place and they were brand consultants. So they had hired me to be a brand consultant, but it was more like I was doing research for the consultants, so like qualitative stuff right. because of my research background, because of my master's. Yeah, yeah. Good, so good, good. it was really yeah. fascinating, uh, you know, to be able to do research for for that world. Right. Um, and so I, I did like, you know, sort of, they call it like program, ma you're a, you're a, program manager but sure. you're sort of like a high level um secretary really right you right. know what i mean you're just managing accounts right but right. then I, I i was able to they wanted me to start doing research which was cool and then this one woman i worked for i talked about oh second city has like a program that um like has a training program mm -hmm. to help business people be more agile right. so a, a program like a training program in improv sure. and i'd done a little bit of theater in university like literally a little bit right and um uh, but I had no aspirations to be an actor. Mm -hmm. We went to see a Second City show when I was working with these people, and I lost it. I was like, this is the funniest thing. And I enrolled <laughs> in, like, November of 99. No way. And then uh, I had – and then in 2000, um, I had a really crazy car accident, a really crazy car accident. And then after that – well, basically what was happening was I'd gone home for the holidays to – like, I was living in Toronto, went back to Sudbury for the holidays. Right. And um, we were coming back on January 2nd, and it was a beautiful day, but um, my friend had uh, didn't have enough windshield fluid. Right. Anyways, we see a gas station to fill up our fluid. Right. And she lets a car go and proceeds to turn left, but another car's coming really fast that she didn't see. Right. Anyways, he hits us. We spin on, you know, we spin into a snowbank because it's wow. snow, you know, it's a snowy. January, yeah. But the roads were, the roads were great. It was just. You know, it was right. uh, we we thank God we landed in a snowbank. Wow! And like I get out, of, she gets out of the car. I get out of the car, and obviously we're really quite injured. Sure. Um, and we in we we hit a snowbank at a gas station. I call nine one one, and while I'm on the phone, the car explodes. Whoa. Like it's like over. You know, it's not that far. The car just blew up and burned to the wow. crib. So it was like we just got out of the car. That's crazy. And it was like one of these life moments. Right. That. Anyways, and then that's it. I ch my life changed. Then I became a performer. What did that switch for uh, you, though? Like, what what you know, happened I, at that moment that that you that things switched for you? I don't know. Like, it was just sort of. It was just like, oh my god, I could have died there, you know. Right. And then because I had really loved, I just started taking classes at Second City. And mm -hmm. while I was like in the ambulance, all I kept thinking was, I hope I make it to my class this Saturday. Wow. And then I I did actually. I made it to my class. Wow. It was like sort of. It was like. I think this was on a Sunday, right? And then by the time my class was a Saturday, so right. I think I did make my class. Yeah, pretty sure. And I, if not that Saturday, but quickly, so shortly that was, after that, that was probably a message that like you're passionate about something. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. So I remember being in like you know physio physical therapy and stuff, and the woman saying, you know, sometimes, you know, the universe like has to really show you, like stop you, almost like hit you that hard to be like, wait a minute, right. this is what it is, right? And that was like, yeah. And then honestly, that's how it started to happen. I kept taking these classes for a year. We did a show, which is how it works there. And right. I was like, oh, I really love this. And then I tried stand-up in about 2000 and um, maybe I tried stand-up in 2000 a couple of times. Mm -hmm. But 
I kind of started acting and doing all sorts of stuff right away and doing a solo show. So it was like, I don't know. I really honestly, a lot of people, when I started to come on the scene, I had no reference. They just said that I was fearless. So right. I would just create characters. That's how it started. I'd, I'd create characters right. and perform them like, you know, at nights. And I had my own night that I produced with some other people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then stand up, I, I did it a couple of times. But I, once I did it a couple of times, I was like, oh, geez, I, I don't know how to write. And I didn't want to keep repeating the same set. Right. So then I started working at, um, there's a show called Tony and Tina's Wedding, which you might have heard yeah, of. Yeah, of course, yeah. So I did that for two years. Fabulous show, by the way. That's yeah, just here on, on Blue Jays Way. When really? It used to, when Second City used to be on Blue Jays Way. Now it's on Mercer. Yeah. But it used to be on Blue Jays Way. And I did that for a couple of years there. I saw the traveling one, the traveling show oh, sure. out in Calgary, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I remember going to the bathroom and, and one of the, I think one of the guys from the show was in there taking a, you know, taking a pee or whatever. And, and he stayed in character like the entire, oh, like, yeah. it, it's just, I was just like, this is yeah. brilliant. This is great. Yeah. Wow. So you had a love for just about everything creatively performing and, and whether it be stand up, whether it be yeah. sketch, whether it be whatever. Well, yeah, I did. I've done it all. I'm a clown too. I studied clown. It was something wow. when I first got on the scene. I met people, and it was particularly a guy named Mark Andrada who would do clown at any night. Of, and so he was really, he was like really, you know, quite the alternative comic, right? Because yeah. he's wearing a nose on stage and doing the most ridiculous things. Sure. And then I got introduced into that world, and I just couldn't wait to take the course, which is quite an investment because it's like five weeks every day. Right. You know, right. you create these masks. It's quite a thing. Sure. So, and then the thing about clown was, I think I did that in 2003 while I was still at Tony and Tina's. And the th- one of the things that I was really left with was I really want to figure out stand-up. Right. And that's how... And then I st- really got into doing stand-up in 2004, 2005, once I left Tony and Tina's. Mm-hmm. And then I... Yeah, and then I just kept doing that, as well as I kept being in that clown circus world. Right. And I had a sketch troupe. So I've done I've done a, m- a variety of things. But, but the, the transition piece between leaving the security of, of oh, somewhat of a normal job and, and having that security of having a check every couple of weeks and having a salary to kind of depend on to a business where you're not always guaranteed money and you're not always guaranteed to sustain a certain lifestyle. Did that scare you at all? Yeah. It, it's only stopped scaring me, I think, in the last uh, couple months. Right. Really? <laughs> <laughs> So it's taken a while for. Oh my for the, God! Yes, it's was that been a was big that a motivator fear. for you, or like was it was it a motivation to be like I need to I need to this is all got to be like I got to hustle 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 or is it was it like that's just part of the business that that you're just financially it's it's never going to be stable industry the yeah. way that you want it to be. Do you mean like what's the do you mean what do you mean like what's the I, I mean like like uh, like uh, you know take. You know, take, for example, like if I were to say, listen, I'm going to go back in law enforcement. I know that there's a certain level of expectation of 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 a livelihood that I can make. Right. Say, like, I'm I know that no matter if it's shitty pay or not, I'm still going to get paid. Yeah. Every two weeks and be able to count on those things. And I think when you are in the arts, uh, you're in, you know, the performance end of things. Um, a lot of it is what you make, uh, make of it. And, and yeah, it's a lot of it is like mean. what you hustle and, and what you have to, you oh, know, yeah. brand yourself and promote yourself and market yourself to have those opportunities. It's constant. So, yes, yeah, of course the hustle is there. Right. I mean, I, I have a comedy partner, Phil Luzzi, who, and we're like, you know, best friends. So we've created, um, like, 
we're just trying we're pitching certain shows like mm -hmm. shows that we've created like tv concepts and you know he has his own i have my own too but i'm that's a big thing for me which mm -hmm. i really you know uh want to make tv shows and he directed one of your yeah he directed my solo he show directed your solo show So yeah we do lots of stuff together that's amazing yeah you guys just found that you click together and, and yeah, he share the same yeah. vision and the whole nine yards he came to watch tony and tina's wedding with his peep for the staff right and then we ended up um uh, at the end of the show, his friend had to come back and use the bathroom, mm -hmm. which was just a coincidence. And I'm walking down the stairs and we start talking like we had definitely, you know, interacted a lot during the show. Sure. And I just thought this guy was amazing. Yeah. And then we talked and we had so much in common, like we were both Italian from the same region of Italy. Right. We'd both done our masters. He had done a lot of musical theater. And then I was like, submit your stuff here at Tony and Tina's. Sure. And then he did. And two weeks later, he was on the he was in the cast. So wow. we started doing the show together and then we started performing like, you know, on different nights, you right. know. Right. And that's yeah, that's that's from like 2002, I think. 2001, 2002. That's amazing. And so we just kept. Yeah, we've been working together a long time. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, and this is probably a loaded question, but whatever, is is Canada, in your opinion, enough to sustain? No. <laughs> I love it. I was like, oh, this question keeps it. going. I'm getting my papers now. I'm getting my, my O-1 visa to go work there. Uh, you know what? Someone should just buy a block of those things and just start handing them out to people that need to go south. This whole process is, I don't know how much you know about it. But it's the biggest BS there is. I've, I've been in the business a short time, but I've, I've also learned in a, a lot in a very short time. And I know that that is a very big sore spot for a lot of people. It I wrote a letter to the prime minister. I don't know. I read you, it. Oh, you did? I did read it. You're great. It, it's, a, it's a dynamite. And I thank you, Kira, because she's the one who kind of turned me on to that. And, and uh, it, I read it, and, and it felt like something uh, I think a lot of people want to say but don't know how to, how to write. And I think you kind of encapsulated that beautifully and it took me a long time to write it or at least it was sort of like it, you know it was a fire inside for a while because i was in the process of applying and 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 a few things had gotten like a little i'd had a few rejections let's say right you know sure and i was like you know you just realize okay well you get to a certain point in canada and there's nowhere to go right you know right so um it sort of was a few things that kind of came to a head and then I was like, I have to, I, I have to just, I'm just going to write the prime minister. You know, he seems like somebody that, you know, I could write to. Right. Now, he has not responded yet. So mm -hmm. we're, I, you know, we're, we're on it. Right. But like, um, I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to let it. Uh, I think it would be, uh, I think it'd be a travesty to let that, to no. let that go to bed. You know what I mean? I think uh, it was, it was <laughs> such a well-constructed letter and, and it really spelled out, I think, a lot of what the general feeling consensus is in the in the community of of arts and 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 creativity like yeah there's something so weird in this country like we have the best like we i mean everyone says it we do have the best comedy scene like yeah. maybe in toronto you know it's so good but it's like okay well we don't have the industry to support it right so you know you you get really good here mm -hmm. and that you know a lot of my peers have so many people recently there's a huge massive exodus that has just occurred of really super talented people right and they go there and they really, you know, blow people out of the water because they're that good, you right, know? Right, So, you know, here is a great place to train. Would it be nice to have more of an industry? Yes. And I do I think that's happening? Yes. Is it, to, is it enough? There's a lot of still, there's still a lot of things that Canada does that's weird. Right. But I just think, like, it's like 
you it's almost like they're strangling us here mm-hmm. and then when we want to leave they're like hey, no no you got to pay 10 grand 15 grand to do this right. and it's a lie right because you know a lot of people are like well it's america but like it's on the american side i'm like okay yes it is so now we have to lobby that and make that not be and that way anymore because it's not we have a free trade agreement with these people Mm -hmm. and it's not the same for americans to come here so you know what i mean but but i i think that's a interesting thing because there's not a lot and i've I've realized this but that there's not a lot of people in this industry that are outspoken about it i think a lot of people have this mentality of like you get what you get like you don't complain because we're doing what we love and we get paid to do it and we do all this type of stuff but there's certain processes that could hinder people's ability to go bigger than where they are and and to have those opportunities present themselves so to hear someone say it eloquently and and to be able to put it out there and 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 i it's it's it, it, it was refreshing to read that and it was refreshing to see that Oh, that's thank you. I'm 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 like I really was w- nervous about l- releasing it too because of course I thought, oh, what are people? What are my peers going to think? Right. Am I being a complainer? And then I was like, who cares? Like, yeah. it's really spawned. Like, it's really sort of propelled a whole bunch of things for mm-hmm. people. And I don't know. There's a lot of people that are thinking this very thing. So right. Why? N- and you know, we got a new government, mm-hmm. and I actually met with my MP. I don't know if you know this, but like. I, you know, contacted my member of parliament to mm-hmm. say, hey, can you forward this to the prime minister? Sure. And she happened to, she happens to sit on the heritage committee. Wow. Which right now the heritage committee is doing like a sweep of all the cultural assets in the country because right. they want to position Canada as being like a leader in the digi- in the digital economy. Right. So my member of parliament was like, I've never heard from the stand-up community before. Right. So it had been the first time. Yeah. So they had, she, honestly, those people have no idea right. what's going on in our community. Yeah. And I was like, S- look at this. We spend all the, you know how many, it, like, this conversation about the United States is honestly one of the most prevalent ones mm-hmm. that, that comics have in this country. Right. And yet, nobody knows about it because we're just right. sitting here yapping about it. Right. And no one's taught, no, like, you know, yeah. no one's, no one's bringing it to a higher level. Maybe because, People just think it's a waste of time or um, this is just the way that it is. Right, right. But I don't buy that. I don't buy that with, with shit. That's what I love about you. That's, <laughs> that's, that's so great to hear that. I don't know. Like, it's why just, not? It's not? It's not settling. It's like, you know, like, yeah, it's it's the ability to ask, you know, why why can't we have a better, you know, uh, 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 opportunity to go across and not get screwed out of a bunch of money and, and have to jump through hoops and paperwork. And then when the reciprocal of, of, American artists coming to Canada is, is so much easier, the process. Yeah. And then when you see, you look at, you're like, well, corporations lobby governments to do things for them. Right. Citizens have that same, like we have the same, you know, we, we're, we're supposed to be the people that they're serving, not right. the corporations. So right. it's like, this is, you know, we're the people that they are, su- are supposed to be open to listen to. Exactly. And so if, if, if they're able to make legislation and change things, on behalf of, you know, industry or certain special interest groups. Well, mm-hmm. I'm one of those special interest groups. Right. So, yeah. you know, I'm just going to like, I, you know, and I also just more generally speaking too about the way that our society and, you know, North America is structured, like less in, less or so in Canada. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't buy it anymore. Right, right. Especially that election is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Isn't it horrible? And I'm like, why are we... Wh- why are we acknowledging these people as our as leaders right when they're not 
Right. They're not. And, you know, people are like Hillary's the lesser of two evils. Or I'm like, how is how is it there a less of an evil? <laughs> like, how, how like right? why are we OK with that? I yeah. know. Yeah, Do you yeah, understand yeah. how sick Absolutely. that is? Yeah. And it, it permeates on so many levels. And so it's like the more that. <clears throat> First of all, they infiltrate our media to the, to such a gross point. Right. And so we believe, oh, this is our world. We right. believe it's a horrible world. And then right. you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, the sky is still shining. And yeah. and if I go to the, you know, if I travel an hour out of Toronto and live in, you know, and, and I'll see that the earth is still, the yeah, earth is really an amazing place. The world's not falling apart. I know. Yeah. But that's what they want us to believe. That's what, Th- you know. It's such an interesting thing because, like, I know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a big political guy. I love watching, you know, all this crazy shit. I mean, I don't like the circus that's going on, but but I am very politically aware as to what's happening. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you're right. I mean, if you were just to listen to, I mean, if you were someone coming in from, from some other country, you'd be like, yeah, like, the way that they describe it is it's like it would be like uh, Aleppo. Like the United States is like it's being bombed and there's terrorist attacks every day. And there's I'm just like, that's so far from the reality of it. Yeah, it's so it. it but but there's like, yeah, everybody's encapsulated in this weird bubble of like, you know, terror and and and, and fear and all this type of it's just such a weird thing that it's it's grown yeah. to this po- to this weird place of it. It's, I know. Yeah, and it's, it's like sad. It really is because it's like, I mean, at the same time, I think, you know, even in America, like, it's not. People are still living their lives. Right. There's there's hundreds and hundreds of communities that are amazing in right. the United States. Um, I mean, do I think the country is like on the brink of something major? Mm-hmm. I, I think so. Right. But um, I don't know. I just think that the media makes us think it's a lot worse. Even right. there. Yeah. Even there, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it is. Don't get me wrong. It sure. is crap. There's a lot that's crappy. Right. But, and I think, yeah, but I think we can get caught up. Like, in Canada, what's crappy about Canada? I know. I can't like, find anything yet. Like, <laughs> I know, right? I really can't. Yeah. I it's, really can't. And, I mean, going back to going back to your, your letter, and, and I, I, don't, you know, I don't mean to beleaguer the point, but, but I think it's such an important thing. One of the things that, that, that you had written in there that I really loved was that, you know, it, it was almost like uh, describing this this element of like, listen, behind closed doors, there was a lot of people championing, championing you yeah. as, a, as a candidate. There's a lot of people you don't know that. I mean, it, it, and I think it's 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 not belittled, but I think it's 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 put in a place of n- not being very importantly recognized that when you have the ability to people are paying money to see someone stand up on stage and they have an audience and they have the ears of, of on an average 200 people on a show and to have that platform. And I saw, and it's the same thing in Calgary. A lot of comedians get up there and they say, listen, you guys like, this is crazy. You got it. This is new blood coming in. Justin Trudeau is going to be a great guy. It's a lot of people very much campaigning for him without him realizing. Yeah. And not even having to reach out to that, that demographic to say, Hey, thank you for doing this for me. Cause everybody, every other entity, whether it be teachers or police officers, they're always recognized for the support that they give a campaign. Yeah. But stand up was never been recognized. And, for that. and what other community or what other, like what other platform that is more direct than stand-up. That happens, oh my God, multiple times a night. Right. Every single night of the week, all over the country. I right. mean, so much more happens, obviously, in the in the larger centers because of population. But sure. a political campaign couldn't couldn't have that kind of uh, influence or right. or that kind of breadth to be able right. to like talk to that many people. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. And so, like, 
I mean, I'm waiting for him to like. It's starting to run some time here, so I got a good feeling about this. So I really yeah. do. I read that and I was like, "There's, it's gonna get, it's gonna come across his desk at some point." Yeah, it, it has will. to. It has to. Something has to change. And I think, you know, when I sat with my MP, she d- talked about things like grants, for example, like um, creative space grants. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would imagine, you know, let's say yuck yucks or. Um, certain clubs <coughs> maybe getting extra funding right. for whatever reason, and probably hopefully to pay comics more, because right. that literally is a big deal. Sure. Like that's, <coughs> you know, there's countries in Europe, for example, where artists get stipends, they get right. yearly salaries, you know. So it's like there's a lot more that could be done to support us. And I know that there's some people will be like, they just want us to stay here, and it's like, forget about that. Right. That's bu- that's a that's a ridiculous notion. Sure. And to keep us here. For what? What right. are you keeping us here for? Right. You know, we're not making any money. Right. And, you know, and yeah. we're not getting recognized. There's no arts funding. Right. So then when we want to leave, then you add all this other stuff. Right. And it's really, I don't know, it just felt like there, I was like, this is a real big discrimination here. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It, it's funny. And also, I mean, the, the perspective of, of, of an outsider coming into Canada, and I mean, I've, I've been around for a little while now, but I've... I've watched a lot. I've I've tried to look into the different entities of the entertainment business in Canada, and and for me, it's it's almost an obsession of this ceiling that Canada has. That that is is either you break through in some way, or you have to move to a different market in order to achieve yeah. that. But I think in Canada, one of my biggest things was that uh, I would see a lot of these you know shows on on you know play like CBC where uh, they'll have a run of a show, and and instead of creating something new with all new talent or all new people coming in it's a lot of recycled Ugh. it's the same people being offered shows i don't know because of their safe vet or i'm not quite sure what I don't, it is i can't i can't understand it either i don't understand it either and it, it's a, it's an obsession of mine to figure out like w- like what that is like why are those opportunities not being afforded to people that are really truly gifted at creating content yeah, you know and why I mean? are they not allowing the content creators to, yeah, really make something instead of it? All of a sudden, they, you know, it's like, oh, here's a good premise, a great premise for a show, right? And then they kind of like, you know, yeah. m- break it down so it's not, and then it's got that Canadian feel. To yeah, it. and I mean, not that no, that's not to say that there are not shows that have not done that. There right. are, but right. it's like we could do way more of that. Absolutely, we have all this talent. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. Why not? Like, just Crazy let people thing. nowadays, like, now it's like these, these borders are kind of, you know, they're, they're used as a matter of convenience when it's convenient. So, right. you know, if you really want to be a competitor in the digital economy, then, you know, perhaps have more opportunities for people here. Mm-hmm. But then we could sell it all over the place and then that person can, you know, go around the world and do their comedy. Absolutely. Like, why are we keeping, why, why is this idea of, I don't know if someone's sitting there saying we want to keep our comics here because yeah, it doesn't feel like that weird sense of inclusion kind of like uh, of, of, you know, like we're going to huddle everything in and we're not going to let anything out. It's just it's a really bizarre thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like wh- what are they keeping us here for? Right. It's not like there's any, you know, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to say that there's not a lot of great stuff going on. I don't mean that, but that sure. there's just not a place to then jump off from. Right. Right. And that's really. So and and we're lucky we've got the states that are at the border. So, right. and and also we have this tradition, this you know, uh, legendary comedy uh, 
what shall I say, like history. Right. And Canada doesn't even talk about it, really. I know. And a lot it's of it, really it's weird. it's people that have gone to, and I mean, a lot of the people that Americans love are, are Canadians. Yeah. It, it's it's fascinating to see that. Like, what other, what other you know, um, property than Saturday Night Live is the biggest comedy thing to be in the United States? Right, right. Like, what other, where, what other comedy, yeah. Yeah. Show asset what do you want to call it right is bigger than that yeah and it was created by a canadian guy yeah, that's crazy. so yeah lauren uh, michaels yeah right? yeah <laughs> and then that's just w- you know that's one of a multiple of, of number of you know different people or sure. whatever so yeah. it's like we do share a lot of similar things like it, that's the thing you know sometimes canadians are like oh we're different than Amer- americans yeah on certain levels but i can go to the states and I don't have to change my language, really. Right. I right. mean, there's cultural nuances, but we speak sure. the same language. You and I are yeah. speaking perfectly fine. Right, right. Do you find that your comedy resonates throughout the world, wherever you go? Well, you know what? I've been to New York and Chicago several times, and yes, like I always have such a great time. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to the UK, but I feel like... Yeah, in the States, yeah. it's I've been to Syracuse, and I went to L.A. once, like, several years ago, but I plan on going there real soon to, like, get, you know... Yeah. To get it worked out over yeah. there, too. But, um, yeah, no, I, I love performing in the U.S. Yeah. New York is such an amazing place. Chicago's an amazing place. I've heard great stuff about New York. I've, I've had the chance to interview some, some talent over there. And, I mean, people like Aaron Berg, who have been kind of, yeah. you know, nestled in there for a while now. Uh, but some of even the, the, the native... Uh, uh, New Yorkers who have who have been around and and it was so funny talking to them and they're like and I'm like like so how does your week like what's up next for you oh I've got like seven shows tonight I've got you know what I mean like they've got there there there's so many different clubs that they <sighs> can just do on one night they're like they just take the subway they're like yeah I've got like there's eight spots I got to do tonight or and it's just every night it's just like boom 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 I'm like wow that's incredible that's that there's incredible. such a that there's such a community for that over there that's I mean here you know there are people that will do like four shows a night they, right. they can do that right i don't know if anybody can do five i'm, right. I'm sure there are sure but i don't really like doing too many shows a night do you like going and just uh, doing yeah. it and then sitting back and watching yeah and then i don't mind doing two right if if there's enough time sure and if it's not like if it's a show show it's like i don't know it's always nice to be there for you know a good part of it right because right. when you just kind of sail in and you do your set um you know, and then sail out. But I don't I don't like running from place to place if I've got limited time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Absolutely. Like, just want to be mindful of our time here. Perfect. Uh, it, when you got into the industry, and even now, I mean, are there – I mean, I, I like I've spent some time here now this, this past past week, and I've gotten to hang out. And, and there's – it's it's fascinating to watch that when, when there's like a show and then afterwards everyone goes and, you know, have a beer or they go for, you know, eats or whatever – uh, and you can see the different. Le- it's funny the groups like there's people in different stages of their career. Yeah. There's some people that have been in it for two years, and then at the end of the table, there's a guy who's been doing it for twenty. And 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 it's it's a very cool community here. Where everyone kind of seems like they get along. Was there yeah. people that stood out for you that that was there like to kind of welcome you into the community and and kind of say hey like this is not necessarily like a mentor, but but does somebody kind of bring you under their wing at all? Well, when I first started, um, like the first club I did was a place called the Laugh Resort. I don't know if you I've heard, heard of it. They they literally were over at King and Peter. Mm-hmm. Like there was used there is a hotel there. So they used to be at the basement. Now it's a restaurant. So it was right. like this little club, and um, yeah, like people like Deborah Di Giovanni and Tim Steves, mm-hmm. uh, and Frank Spadone. 
would play there, Ryan Belleville. And like, yeah, some people like Tim Steves, like those people I had looked up so much to and they were, you know, they they were, it was nice to have people like that. I was a newbie, they were veterans. Right. But they were so encouraging and nice and it was like really, really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. You know? Yeah. And, and I mean, did someone take me under their wing? I don't know. I mean, there's some people that I'll go to for advice, but uh, like, peop- but people like that, like I just mentioned, uh, just being in that, just being in that world, and you know, v- p- veterans like mm-hmm. making you feel like it's all, it's all good, right, right, you know, yeah, that's a beautiful thing, yeah. Um, what's up next for you? What are you, what are you working on? What are some of the things that 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 you're that you're looking forward to? Um. Well, I'm going to do. I'm going to tape a comedy album in Miami. Amazing! In, in December. Wow. Yeah. That should be fun. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and um, and then I'm I'm working on some stuff with uh, Phil Lutzi, mm-hmm. so um, that's really cool. Yeah. Just some show concepts. We'll see where that goes, and uh, yeah, just shows, and just writing. Amazing. I've been I've been just recently I started writing like political thrillers, so like. Uh, that's cool for me. Like I've writ- written a lot more of those. Yeah, yeah. We need more of those. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. in the, you know, TV genre, but yeah. I don't know. I find that really fun too. Do you, do you, are you a disciplined? Like, do you have to find, do you have to set aside time that you find you have to sit down and write or, yeah. or is it, yeah, you gotta, I do like, you know, with stand up though, it's like, <clears throat> you know, often it's like, I'm just doing my day and, Oh, I'm going to write this thing down. Right. But it depends if there's something big I need to sit down and write for. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm spending more time writing like scripts and things right. like that. Right. So I haven't been spending as much time like maybe writing stand up. But then I am writing it because there's always something new. I always got something new in the pipe. So it's like yeah. it's kind of like I don't know. It's uh, there's always something new coming out. So I always wondered that if there was something transferable from the, the written word of, of like, you know, obviously like writing specs or scripts and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's a different style, but the content is still there. Like yeah. the, the, the formulas of something funny as like the bones are there. So is there stuff that you can transfer over back and forth when you write? Yeah. Like it's, it's just like being, being able to write jokes mm-hmm. and getting to the point in a script that, right. that, that's the thing you learn in, in stand up. Right, right. It really, really is. That's amazing. Well, I I, uh, I wish you continued success. Uh, uh, and I, I anything I can do to champion the the letter getting across the prime minister's desk uh, is something I would definitely promote and do. I would and, love that. Uh, that would be great. And and uh, first off, thank you for taking the time to come down oh. here and and do and do the podcast with me. But. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing. It's it's amazing stuff. Thank you. It's great. You Thank too. You doing Keep this. doing what you're Thank, Thank you, you for doing this. <laughs> All right, folks, and there you have it. The interview with the very talented and very, very funny and very insightful and just a, a wonderful woman, Sandra Badalini. Folks, check her out. Uh, we'll put the links up on the site. Uh, of course, uh, tons of great interviews coming along, folks, uh, even more. It, it's just, it keeps getting better and better. Thank you, Sandra, for coming on the show. And thank all of you for listening. On behalf of myself, your host, uh, Jake Hirsch, and the entire crew at Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer Kira Williams, of course, our webmaster, Camille Argue. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Lane Argue, who lays down all the acoustic licks for this uh, for this badass podcast. Check him out, LaneArguGuitar.com. The description and link is whatever. The link's in the description. You know what I'm saying. Have a great week. We will see you 
next. See, now I just screwed it all up. God damn it. All right, we'll see you next week.